Hello and hola everyone. Welcome back to Figuring It Out, the podcast. The podcast about everything I do know and everything I don't know. This week on the show, I have a very special guest and a very good friend of mine. It is my friend, Anthony Long. Hello, Anthony. Hey, Albert. Should I call you Anthony or Tony for this one? Uh, Whatever feels right for the podcast. You're right. I'm not going to force it. (laughs) So Anthony and I actually met because he's my roommate's boyfriend, but he is so much more than that. We actually just had a very good heart to heart before this this podcast episode. And Tony has become one of my really good friends. He has seen me go through the trenches. We have probably seen each other at our highs and our lows. He's seen me in an elephant bathrobe. (laughs) Yeah, Tony has seen me coming home crying from a burlesque show. So, so um, that was a time. That was that was a time. I needed to be comforted you by you while you were in the elephant robe, I believe. Yeah, I think I was actually in the elephant robe at the time, and you know it's very absorbent um, for tears. So yeah, that, that was a was a good move unintentionally, but it was a good move. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of, so this episode, I'm not exactly sure what to title it, but we just had a really good heart to heart on the show that I wish we uh, recorded. Um, so, but this episode, I think, is all about relationships between men and how we relate to each other and how. We communicate with one another and how just men's relationships maybe have shifted over time and like the relationships we've seen modeled. And I wanted to have this episode just because I've noticed that a lot of my male friendships look different. And I think, you know, I am a gay man, you are a straight man. And something I just said to you, for me, it is so much easier for me to be vulnerable with the women in my life. But then a lot of the men in my life, including gay men, it's a little bit harder. And you and I just had like a beautiful discussion of like, you said to me that you were proud of me for something. And like, we went into it. And then I said to you, you know, I was thinking, I am so lucky to have Tony as a friend, but I didn't want to say it to you out loud. And I thought, why, why didn't I say that to him? So then I did. And it just like led to this beautiful discussion that now I'm able to see Tony in a new light. But I think that a lot of times as men, we don't really want to get too close to each other or tell each other how we feel because I feel like growing up it was embedded in us that that's like soft or weak or that's a gay thing. No, I mean, um, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Definitely like in my household growing up, like it was very much like keep your, you know, emotions close to your chest and not exactly like openly loving. I want to be cautious here and say like, you know, my parents were very good and supported me through a lot in my life. But, you know, in terms of like actually being vulnerable and like talking about how we feel about about each other or like, you know, really acknowledging the wins like that I, you know, had off this podcast with Albert, you know, where I told him I was like really proud of him for just overcoming um, his last uh, heartbreak. (laughs) And uh, it was but he did it in such a way that like, you know, I just as a friend that, you know, like, I don't see anything wrong with pulling your friend aside and being like, hey, like, you really handled that well. And like, I'm proud of you. And like, you know, I, I respect how you did that. I think as men, it's just this sort of like weird machismo thing, machismo, whatever oh, you want to say. Yes. I, you know, I, I really can't. I, I think it's just it's it's getting better. I think like mm-hmm. society as a whole is progressing. Um, and then, of course, like the, the segment. The Sigma grind set motherfuckers will be like, oh, well, you're just getting soft. But it, it's it's actually, you know, like I think the hardest men alive, like actually are the most vulnerable and like really talk about how they feel. And, yeah. 
and I, I think as a, society, as a society, like we do men a disservice when we say like, you're not allowed to talk about this. You're not allowed to feel, you're not allowed to have this. Like you can't open up about these certain things. Like, you know, it's, it's, you gotta be stoic and hard and just, and deal with it in silence. Like a real man, like why? Like, and then we, then we look yeah. around and then we're all shocked. Like when the men's suicide rate is like extremely high. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not surprising. I think something that you nailed on the head there is you brought up how, how vulnerability and affection and feelings were modeled to you as you you were a kid. Because I think that's all where we really learn to deal with emotions. And I think as boys growing up, we're like, stop crying. You look like a little girl. Like, why are you crying? Oh, and yeah. it's like, sadness isn't an, is an emotion and crying is part of life. Like, you should be allowed to cry. I cry all the time. And I think what you're saying about, oh, when you teach men to be stoic and you teach men to to deal with it in silence like have you ever seen that meme it's essentially like this beautiful garden with like all these unicorns and it's like society if men would just go to therapy (laughs) yeah it's like it's true because i so many men like don't some don't even know how to label their emotions which is really i mean really not great and sad but i think about the way I was growing up and I think for the earlier part of my childhood, I definitely saw my dad as more of a stoic, not outwardly processing emotions. I, and I've said this to him face to face, so I don't feel weird speaking about it on the podcast. And I think it's important to talk about is like, at some point in my childhood, I really saw a shift in him where he started to outwardly show emotion and would cry in front of me and like say that it's okay. And I learned later in life, and I hope he doesn't mind me sharing, but that at some point he did start going to therapy. And like that was really when I saw, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be pro propaganda therapy. I mean, I, I do love therapy, but I'm not trying to like make this therapy propaganda. But once he. Scientologists learned, are going crazy right, right they're, now. They're losing listening. their fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> I realized like, oh, when my dad learned how to properly handle emotion and show me it's okay to show emotion my relationship with him changed and also changed how i process my emotions and now i am less reactive and i handle sadness differently and i feel like it's okay to talk about and it made me comfortable to when i went through a really hard point in my life to go to therapy and i really think it starts at home but it's also like cultural things as well because you know like you said machismo like that's a huge thing in the latin community and i know unfortunately for a lot of minority communities we are kind of raised in this like don't get soft like you got to be tough you got to keep your head up you got to you know tony is also a minor more minority he grew up in ohio so we're got a state of like 11 million people i don't know about all that but whatever <laughs> yeah i as far as like the cultural aspect like i've definitely seen it firsthand i mean like um they're, they're like my best friend, Niasha. Um, Albert, you're also a best friend. Like, I have oh, multiple. No, I do too. Um, but even with him, like his, the way he deals with life is way different than I would. I, I wear my emotions on a sleeve almost in comparison. And like he is just very stoic and very, he deals with it in silence. And I think like he's just almost been trained that way. But because it's where he grew up, it, the culture is just very different in Zimbabwe. Men do not talk about it. Mm-hmm. And like it, it's even it's way worse than in like a lot of other Western countries like the UK or like the United States, you know, like it's it's way different over there, at least from what I can tell like from his perspective and what he's told me about it. And he's like, I asked him about it one time, point blank. I was like, you seem like you're dealing with like a lot of stuff. You have a lot on your mind. Like, 
you know, even like on the anniversary of your dad's death, like you don't say anything. Sometimes he posts stuff on his story and he's like, miss right. you dad. But I mean, like, he'll just go for walks and just he will not talk about it. And I was like, hey, like, and I mean, I could see he's like carrying all this around. I was like, I was like, what's the deal? Like, why can't he's like, he's like, I don't know. He's just like, he's like, it's just the way I grew up. And like, that's how like men in my culture are. And like, he's like, that's yeah. how it's been. And he's like, I don't, he's like coming here to America. It's way different. He's like, it's you guys deal with it a lot differently. You're even more, way more open about it. But I mean, there's still a lot of work to be done over here, you know? Mm. And I think we, we need to, again, keep practicing that openness and vulnerability. And I, I, again, I, we're, we're still really like kind of clawing out of like this uh, entrenched gender role society where it's like a man should be X, Y, Z. And then like, mm. you know, I think of like a really good song by uh, Joe Jackson. It's uh, real men. And it's like basically the song goes like now and then we wonder who the real men really are. But it's yeah. like and no one really knows like what the definition of a true man is. Right. But, you know, is he is he rugged? Is he um, rough? Is he like cultural and clean is like one of the lines. And it's like really like what's the definition? I mean, mm. like. Or, or should we just like really just kind of eliminate the idea of like what a man should be at all? And I think maybe we would be better off doing that and just being like, you're a human being, you exist as you are, like despite your, you know, preconceived gender role, whatever. First of all, to answer that question, I would define being a real man as being authentic to yourself mm-hmm. and doing right to yourself and those around you personally. Yeah. And I think that's how I would define it. But I think something you said, you know, your friend who's from Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe, yeah. Zimbabwe. Yeah. I think about my abuelo who grew up, you know, Cuba, immigrated here, you know, 50s, 60s, we're talking about. And I remember one time he and I got in an argument and he felt bad about it, but he didn't know how to say, I'm sorry. Classic. And <laughs> All the time. Yeah. Same thing with my father. Yeah. Like, he'll come into my room like after he just like quite literally shouted at me and it'll be like, Hey, uh, I'm going to uh, Matt Smart, which is like a convenience store where yeah. I grew up. I'm going to Matt Smart. Do you want like a soda or anything? And like that's his version of saying I'm sorry. Which yeah, yeah. But it's so funny because like then he'll call me and be like, "Oh, I uh, I went to a really good restaurant today," <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah," after like a huge fight, and he's like, "Yeah, it was very good." My eating, uh, and I know he's trying to just like get back to normal, but it's uncomfortable for him to say I'm sorry, and I know that's what he means. But it's like, my guy, you just say you're sorry. It's okay. It's okay to say you're upset. Why is that so hard? But I even see that with my... It's not a gener- just a generational thing because I, I recently had a situation with a friend where I know him really, really well and I knew he felt bad about something but wouldn't talk to me about it and he was avoiding the situation. But then I saw he was really putting in effort to make it up to me. And I'm like, you know what? I see he is putting in the effort. And I know he feels bad, so I'm not going to bring it up. And then we actually did end up talking about it, which was great. But I, I'm, I don't know. I guess it's my struggle is like, well, at what point is it we have to talk about it? And is at what point, you know what, they show it in a different way and that's also okay. Because I, I, that's where I think I'm, I've been curious. Yeah. And I think it's okay, again, like to show it in a different way. But I, I think, you know, you're even touching in just like to a larger point of just people in general, like a lot of people have a very hard time, like being accountable and like owning up that they did wrong. It's a hard thing. And no, it, it actually, I mean, like, I always feel like there's like a big lump in my throat and my stomach sinks every time, like I have to apologize. But at the same time, like I exercise that like self-awareness and accountability and be like, Hey, I was wrong about this. I am sorry. Mm-hmm. And that's re- that's actually extremely hard for people to do men or women or yeah. 
you know, some other, you know, uh, <laughs> non-binary. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but that that's it's it's a very good, very difficult thing to do. But I think at least in my life, I have seen men more like they will apologize without apologizing. And it's Ooh. it's it's like it's always like this non-apology apology, right? And it's just always like they try to come like even my brother's done it, like my dad's like I I've done it. I mean, mm. like I've seen like my cousin does it, like everybody like there's a so many there's just countless men in my life that I have seen there. It's like they like they they make up for something without like actually owning up to it and like actually talking about it. They they're very avoidant and they'll be like Oh, well, like they'll bring up something like completely random, but it's just to like try to start talking to you again because they don't know how to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like, okay, maybe I'm like running with nothing here, but I almost feel like men don't want to be submissive and an apology is you being submissive. That could very well be the case. And again, I think that just goes back to like how society views how men should be, right? You're supposed to be dominant, You're supposed to be tough supposed to be prideful you know like yeah. that's again like and, and again we're, we're slowly chipping away at that i think um culturally but it's it's still there and i mean like i i do think that yeah you know people really like it's difficult for them to be like hey genuinely like i was wrong and it's just it's just really hard it's for men especially something i think as we were talking about earlier like telling your friends like i'm proud of you i'm happy for you like even i just said to you like i'm proud of you because i feel like this last year i've seen you grow a lot and I, I'm still 5'11". Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> never had luck on the dating apps. <laughs> um, no, but, and I said that to you and even like something I think we've realized is sometimes like we'll say something vulnerable and then we'll just like quickly like make a joke, which is okay. Like, cause getting vulnerable is like an uncomfortable thing sometimes, but it's also like, we do that to not feel right. right. To be like, Oh, stop. Like, uh, like don't do that like even my brother one time I just like said you know I'm really sorry about something to him and it was like a very like emotional thing for me to do and he was like uh it's fine and then he kind of just like made a joke about it I'm like no it's okay to say it's not fine it's okay to say I'm upset it's those things are okay and like you don't have to make a joke to make me comfortable like it's okay like we should be able to feel these things and I think it's unfortunate that not everyone has that in their life and I think something, you know, you have to be the change you want to see in the world. So I feel like something I've been trying to do lately is like pause and like tell a friend, like, I love hanging out with you or like, I'm just very happy for our friendship, even if it's like out of nowhere and it makes them uncomfortable. And <laughs> I'm going to tell this story. I have Kill one them with kindness. Though. Yeah. That's what I always say. Like, you know, if you're going to smother someone, like don't do it with the pillow, do it with your love and affection. Exactly. You know? Well, it's funny because I said to <laughs> my friend Christian, I'll say this story because I think it's hysterical. We were in Mexico and I was like, Christian, I just want to let you know that like I value you so much as a friend. And like he was like, please stop. You don't have to do this. And I was like, no, I need to tell you because you could die tomorrow and I would want you to know this. I love having you as a friend. He was like, stop, stop, stop. And I was like, no, feel. I was like, go in. <laughs> Here's the thing though with what you just said, like, who are we as a people in general, if we don't want to like challenge ourselves and actually get, get out of our comfort zone? And like, you know, we never really, we never, we're never going to grow if we never like actually like take the time to be like, huh, this is really uncomfortable that I'm feeling this way. And like, let's, let's talk about it. Like, 
instead like what we just keep brushing under the rug and like that's how like conflicts build that's how like people like continually have like these communication problems in their relationships right it's because like oh it's not a big deal it's fine like because no one wants to confront it no one wants to talk about it no one like wants to be like hey no like you really screwed me over like here but like i accept your apology but like right now i'm still mad you know f off right Mm -hmm. um no one but like or like even when it comes to like praising others and like being positive like it's i i just we we are really selling ourselves short if we think that like that's such an impossible feat that it's like just so difficult it's like it's actually not it, it costs you nothing to be nice it costs you nothing to try to get out of that comfort zone except for like again maybe feeling a little bit comfortable maybe that's the cost you incur we don't challenge ourselves enough emotionally because yeah. i almost feel like we see vulnerability as a scary thing right like yeah it is I don't want to show this part. I, for some reason, whether you are conscious of it or not, you're scared to show some part of yourself to that person. And it's a scary thing. And that's why like you were talking about breakups. That's why I think they're so hard because you're like, I just showed this person everything in me. Right. And, and now, they're, now they just take that with them and they're just gone. And now they're gone, right? Yeah. And then it's like, that's why then when you find someone else, you push them away because you're like, I can't do this again. And I think we all have to really be looking inward constantly, which I have a lot bunch of podcast episodes on, but constantly checking in with yourself and looking inward as to, okay, why am I feeling this? Why does this make me uncomfortable? Why does it make me uncomfortable to say that? And I think something for me, and this is sort of, I don't want to say this is silly, but like I've learned like I hearing you say like you were proud of me earlier was so uncomfortable for me to hear from a straight man. That wasn't my dad or my grandpa or my brothers or my cousins. Because I don't think I necessarily grew up in the most open-minded of communities. And I definitely think a lot of straight men did not necessarily make life easy. And, you know, I don't want to victimize myself. I'm sure, like, we're all kids, whatever. I'm sure I didn't make some other kids' life easy on the playground. And so for me subconsciously I have always pushed like straight men my age away. And then I went to college and I was in a fraternity for a little bit. And then I ended up dropping and I had one friend. Well, I still have this friend from the fraternity and he, cause a lot of the guys texted me after and they're like, Hey, we really bummed you dropped. Like we actually like loved hanging out with you. And I was like, Oh, they were just saying that. And my friend, Yoav was like, no, Albert, we genuinely liked hanging out with you. And I was like, what? And then he was like, Albert, like, why why do you find that impossible to believe? And I was like, because I'm gay and you guys are straight. And then he was like, okay. I think a lot less people care about that, like more like than you'd think. Um I I mean, at least me personally, like I have plenty of uh gay friends and we get it, you're an ally. I, well, no, I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, hey, I am, I'm I'm here to support it. But you know, at, at the same time, like, I mean it, you know, but there have been complications even from that in my life. Like, I was friends with, like, um, I was best friends with uh, a gay man, like, uh, in high school or whatever. And, like, I was also going through, like, kind of, like, I don't want to say behavioral issues, but, like, I was having, like, a, a tough time, like, almost like a moody teenager depressive episode. But my parents, like, you know, like, their first thought was, like, oh, my God, he's gay. And they, like, that's why they thought I was depressed. And I'm, like, why would you think I'm gay? And they're, like, well, because you hang out with Julio all the time. Well, I think you're gay, but that's besides the point. Ah, uh, well, yeah, it, the elephant robe doesn't help. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, but, like, 
I, I and like also like same with my brother and like everybody kind of was like wow like maybe Anthony's gay and I'm like I, I'm like I'm like I think that's the part that like freaks straight men out the most is like that yeah. by association of with you like then they'll be labeled as gay which they're not and I mean like it, I I will say like not I have, I have no problem with gay people but like I do have a problem with like being like labeled as gay when I'm clearly not and it's like I'm not lying like I, I you know like yeah I have no reason to lie well it's like know? the fact yeah. that you would associate yourself with a gay man. I mean, that must mean I like to like sleep with them. I mean, yeah, come on. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think too, like growing up, it's that association of like being with the gay kid. And I've realized actually where I have a lot of empathy and sympathy for straight men is that I unfortunately think maybe not with our generation, but the generations above us, it's like this idea that if you're a gay man, it's emasculating and you can't be like it's you're almost less of a man in their eyes which is unfortunate and ridiculous but i think that what i have said and i think i said this to you and kayla recently is when i'm emotional i kind of have that space to be emotional because it's like well he's a gay man so like it kind of like alleviates this pressure of like i don't have to be like this big macho stereotype that society wants to put on me you know whereas a lot of straight men probably feel that pressure right i do sometimes yeah Yeah. and i told you guys this story of one time someone broke into our garage and my dad i remember i we're all looking around and we're like oh my gosh someone broke into our garage we go oh my gosh what if they're still in the house who does everyone look at my dad to solve the problem because he's this big built guy and my dad goes to the garage and grabs this like big barrel baseball bat to go search the house And I thought, why is my dad grabbing a baseball bat? And I realized now as an adult, my dad was scared. Like that little kid that was that 14 year old kid who was looking at his dad saying, dad, I'm scared. Do something. My dad was was also also scared. scared, Yeah. Like my dad is a, my dad was a little kid at some point who would have looked at his dad and said, dad, I'm scared. We're just big kids. Like we're big babies, but like my dad was scared and he's like, fuck. Like someone was just in our house. I don't know if someone's still in our house. Right. And now and I have to. I, also, he's probably wondering. He's like, "Is this Louisville Slugger gonna work, or do they have a gun?" <laughs> literally, no, literally, yeah. he was like, "Fuck!" And now all I got is a fucking Louisville Slugger. <laughs> like, damn. Yeah. And he had to go search the house, and he was probably mortified. But that I can't imagine the amount of pressure of like. I remember one time I was babysitting, and one of the kids got hurt, and all the kids looked at me, and I was like, "Oh shit, someone should get an adult." And I was like, "Oh." <laughs> I was like, I was, I'm the one who's I'm the adult. Like, and I ha- now I get what my dad was going through in that moment. I think that's been a huge thing. And I guess with my relationships with straight men, like something I have actually made a goal with Kayla last year for my birthday is like I am going to get that out of my body. I'm getting that out of my subconscious and I'm building more relationships with straight men. And in my solo travels, I've actually bonded with like a lot of straight men and like of course, dating and stuff comes up and I'm like, you know what? It shouldn't be a big deal if I'm like, oh yeah, I dated this guy. And like, no one bats an eyelash and it's like, no one gives a shit. And like, yeah. honest, also, they could probably tell. Like, I don't think I radiate anything Not that's not that. <laughs> Again, as as we've always joked uh, off the podcast, um, you're straight passing up until you open your mouth. Exactly. <laughs> well, except the woman in the, in the subway. Union Square oh subway. my gosh. Yeah, Side yeah. note, a woman oh. at the Union Square subway this weekend literally looked me dead in the eyes and said, I don't like faggots. <laughs> I mean, she got her point across, I she, guess. She made her voice heard. But the, but the weird thing about that was you didn't speak at all. 
and she just I, so like i mean it made me wonder though i was like does he have like gay posture or something like i <laughs> i don't even I don't know like know how she picked out you were gay yeah i don't know anyway yeah. besides yeah. the point yeah. I think one of the duties, though, like as parents and like there's a fine line because like, you know, your dad did the right thing, like by eventually showing more emotion, being vulnerable. I mean, like, yeah, I go to therapy. Like, I think that's actually a really powerful thing to do for your children. But there is kind of like also somewhat like of a a parental duty, at least. And this is just my opinion. Right. So and I, have, I don't even have kids. So I'm really just kind of like talking out of my ass. But um, there's almost like this parental duty to kind of like shield your kids from like the things go because like you know you don't also like want to like drag your emotional baggage like all into your children and make that like their burden to bear because like at that point like it's kind of wrong and you're doing your kid a disservice um but at the same time like it's important to like for them to understand that like you're human and that like you know you're gonna mess up and like you are gonna be like things are gonna make you know dad cry things are like things are difficult for dad sometimes and you know, like that's not something it's and it's a really weird fine line because like I know, like, for instance, like my dad, same thing for years. Like he just like uh, he he put on this front like he's this big, tough guy and like that, like nothing bothers him. But then like, you know, later on in life, like basically like, you know, once I'm old enough and I, I start to call him out on things and then he kind of realizes like, man, like he sees that I'm not perfect anymore, which I'm sure is like hard for him in his own right. realm. But I mean, like that's when he starts like actually, you know, be more vulnerable and be more emotional. And like, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, there were times in my life where I really struggled and, you know, he, he goes into his personal things that I don't really like feel comfortable airing his dirty laundry out on the podcast. But I think that's like something like a lot of parents, like even, you know, even mothers too. It's like, they have to like have like this certain like parental strength, like where they just can't break. And like, it's 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 difficult but i i am of the camp where i do believe like there is a point where like you can't just be dumping all your emotional baggage onto your kid you know what i mean you can empathize with someone's experience but it doesn't make it an excuse right like yeah. i can empathize with someone who's hurt me or done me wrong not saying that your parents hurt you or did you wrong yeah but like it's not an excuse and you have to sort it yourself like what you're saying dumping it is not it it can't be like the solution but I actually, there's this poem and I forget if it's a poem or if like a monk said it, something that brought him peace was imagining his father as a boy and then him as a little boy and him and his dad being friends and like working that out. And, you know, they go to the park together and his dad actually tells him like, yeah, my parents yell at me a lot and X, Y, and Z and how oh, wow. that level of empathy like brings him peace of imagining his father as a little boy. Which I think like a lot of men, you know, a lot of men who maybe are more stoic. They probably wish they could have done. Yeah. And I yeah. think even like with everything that's happening in the world right now, I, we said this today, like the world's in such a weird place. Like thinking about whoever it may be, the version of them that's a little kid that is just going through life before anything came into their brain, any external circumstances affected them. Like there's child in there that just wants to be like loved and nourished and express themselves freely definitely again i think like most men have like this problem right like uh there's always like some high expectation like that your patriarchal like ingrained father has that like what a man should be and like but he really enforced those and like would like verbally abuse him and tease him and like the you know the man quite i i hate to say this about my grandfather but like he was just a, a, a alcoholic abusive man yeah and but he took it out on my dad and my dad like really like you know 
there's still parts of him that like he probably like he also needed someone like just just to talk to because like he's probably scared of that man and like you know I, I mean it was it was tough for him growing up and you know my dad eventually like opened up opened up to me about it because like I remember one time like he and I got into like a really bad argument and then he finally told me he's like you know he's like I'm starting to kind of realize that like I, you know as much as I didn't want to be like doggy which like is my yeah. that was like my grandfather's nickname as much as I didn't want to be like doggy um like you know there are just parts of me that like I think we'll never get out because like just how I grew up and he's like, I tried to shield that from you. He's like, but there are just times where it, it just, I, I can't control it, you know? Yeah. And is it helpful for you to hear him say that, like to take accountability? Actually? Yeah. Because like, and it makes me understand that he's like cognizant of it and like yeah. that he like that he at least like wants to try to be better. And like, he really tries to not get that way. And I actually like I took a lot of comfort in that. And I mean, it, it. I really again, like if you want to talk about like if we're going to have these labels, like you want to talk about being a real man, that's that's what that is right yeah, there. Yeah, Owning your o- shit, owning your shit and being like, I'm this way for this reason. And it's not OK that I am. But like, I, I let me explain to you, like how fucked up my childhood was so like you can understand like the things that I went through that like I've been trying to avoid putting you through. And he's like, but like. I mean, he's, he's like, I'm a human too. He's like, I'm going to mess up. I struggle. And he's like, it was a struggle growing up with that man as my father. You know, I think too, we hold on to, because we don't talk about or hold people accountable or apologize properly, our relationships, we are holding on to things from years ago and then you lose it on them for the smallest thing. And it's just because you're harboring all this stuff that at some point, like, you oh, don't yeah. even realize that's why you're harboring it. And I had to go through that with a brother recently, and I, I, I had to let it go because I've just there's so many things in life that we stress about and give a fuck about that literally don't matter. And I think that's something I've learned these last couple months. Like, people could be gone in a second, and we just harbor all these things that don't matter. So it's just like, tell people what they mean to you. Say you're sorry if you fuck up because you're never going to get that back. That's true. And I, you know, like a lot of like these wakes and these funerals are like, you know, and like, I don't, maybe people don't get up to like to the podium and talk about it, but like, you know, in private, they'll be like, damn, like, I really wish I wouldn't have fought over this person with money or like, damn, like, I really wish I wouldn't have like, you know, got mad because like they took my fucking lawnmower and didn't give it back for like six months, you know, like, but stupid small stuff like that. And then people are like, it really wasn't worth it in the end. But like, and that's the thing. It's like, why does it always have to like, like, we really should be practicing that. But like, why does it always like have to be like the ultimate final like death makes you have to be that way? I think we don't acknowledge like mortality and and now this yeah. is about to become a whole other podcast episode, but it's like until we have that moment with someone where it's like, fuck, you could be gone. And that's what I really like, you know, we're trying to tie this back to the overall podcast episode, but like we as men especially need to like be better at that. I don't know if you see men get softer with age. I have seen my awiddle like soften so much with age. I've we're, seen that yeah. in my own and I almost wonder if it's because they know they're close. And like my abuelo will tell me all the time, like my abuelo my whole life wanted me to be a lawyer. Like he's like, I come to this country. 
and <laughs> I I want my grandkid to be lawyer, big lawyer. I want you to do. I want you to ruin people's lives. Oh, I want you to, grande. Yeah. He's like, he always says he wants us to like ruin people's lives because we sued them for so much money. But I always say them like, then like you know I work in media and I work at Univision and like my abuelo now like something huge that's happening for me at work is coming up and he told me he's like, you know. I'm proud of you. And for him to say that, and this is another thing that I've learned to accept with men, especially have different levels to how they're able to communicate their emotions. Right? Mm. So when my widow says, I am proud of you, that is his equivalent of like jumping up and down and screaming of like, I am so fucking proud of you because he can only express it. He only knows how to express it so much. Right. And I had, I had um, someone I know who was going through a hard time and like it was the lowest I had ever seen him, like thought he was about to break down crying, straight guy. And I was there for him for it. And then I talked to him about it a week later. He's like, yeah, man, thanks for being there for me. Like I fixed it, but it sucked. And I'm like, dude, what? It sucked. Like you looked pretty terrible last week. And it's, I'm realizing like, oh, because I think I'm someone who is like, I am very not to toot my own horn, I think I'm able to articulate my own emotions very deeply. Mm. And I've learned like me saying that it was a, a sea of despair on a cold winter's eve is some men's equivalent of this sucked. Yeah, no, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> and you know, like it's what I mean, I don't know this individual. Um, and I don't know what their issue was, but them being like, no, nah, it's all good. I fixed it. I, you know, like even me, like, I, I would look at that person and be like, I, I know you're kind of lying. I think it's also important to keep in mind that like, you know, these are very individualistic, like kind of um, emotional reactions. Because again, like we all deal with things that we have all different life experiences. And like, I think that's something that we do have to be like a little bit sensitive to and not just command like, you need to be emotionally more uh, vulnerable. But then they'll, then they'll ask you like, well, what does that look like? And you'll be like, well, it looks like this. And then they'll be like, I don't do that. And then it's like, well, there's no one fight. There's no one size fits all. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, we mean to, we need to really be careful about like how we intelligently, like if we do like want people to get better and like try to like actually like even coach them on it or like, try, you know, just be a better friend and be like, Hey, I think you'd be benefiting more if you talked about it. like, try to like at least guide them into like what that looks like. But then like, you know, eventually like it's going to look like what it's going to look like for them. And nobody's perfect. Right. It's funny that you said like, Oh, am I being too much? Am I showing too much? I remember my cousin, my one cousin, we always made fun of her growing up because she'd always be like, guys, I'm just so happy we're all in this room together. And we'd be like, <laughs> shut up. Honestly, though, it's like shame on all of us. We should be able to turn to the person next to us and say, I'm so happy I'm with you right now. Like, it makes the other person feel good. And just telling someone, I, there's things that people will tell me, like, you said that to me and that was so nice. It stuck with me. And I'm like, but really? to you, but to you like it's like a random yeah but like it's like to you it was like a random thing like you were just being you and you just said it in passing but like it really stuck with them yeah yeah and i actually remember when i first so when i went first met tony i was not definitely was not in like the best mental state which is okay i had known tony for like a month and he like came over to me he's like hey how are you doing and i was like oh i'm good he's like no actually like are you good like i've been there and i was like what the fuck i've never had a guy just like check in on me to see if I'm good. Like nevertheless, a straight guy from Ohio. And I was like, Oh, 
Yeah. And I, I, that stuck with me for so long. And only recently, like almost a year later, you asked me, it was like, oh, like what's something that maybe has stuck with you that I said? And I said that to you and you were like, Albert, I don't even remember that interaction. And I was like, Tony, that was like mind blowing to me that you like pause, took time out of your day. Like, I'm sure Kayla was telling you what I was going through. Like, and we're just like, Hey, are you good? And I was like, damn, like that meant the world to me. And then for you, you were like, uh, still, I don't think you remember this. I mean, I, kind of, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess uh, it was a good thing that I did, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I didn't, it's something that I didn't have to like even consciously think about. Like I just saw you like going through a difficult time and like, I was able to like really deeply empathize and sympathize with that. And like, I think it's at least for me always helped like when people like really take me aside and be like, Hey, like I've been there. Like it's not easy, but like, you know, you have people around you that like, and I was like trying to tell you like, Hey, like I'm someone like you can actually talk to if you want. Cause like, that's what, that's what I, that's what I liked. Mm -hmm. And like, I do kind of try to like live by the treat others, how you want to be treated. But I mean, like it was just really just like, I saw someone like, you know, and I didn't, as you said, I didn't really know you that well, but I just saw someone like going through a very difficult time. And I was like, how can I help? Because like nobody should be feeling like this low, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that meant the world to me then. Yeah. It still does. And then we have this beautiful friendship. Yeah. Oh. I guess since we're, you know, we're near closing out, like I'm going to go completely off topic, but you keep bringing it up. How long is it going to have to be that I have to live in this motherfucker for you to say, for, for you to not say straight man from Ohio? Like when, <laughs> when can I be straight man from New, New York or like the oh, tri-state? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. We'll talk about that because you definitely have the New York attitude now. <laughs> Fuck you. No. <laughs> well, I feel like yeah, I associate some... people with where they're from, but maybe I need to maybe I need to stop that and check in with where they're at now. Nah, I think it's okay. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think it's okay doing it, but it, it it's like this weird like identity thing that is just like every time like I'll always I guess like that's the thing is like to other people like once they know it's like I'll always be that dude from Ohio and like I feel like it's yeah. like your ethnicity like you know what I mean like yeah. I'm always like I'm like Kayla and I were talking about like food from my family's culture and then I was like well in Ohio they have chili on spaghetti from Tony's culture dear god yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you will be my uh my dearest Ohioan friend but I think that's actually a great place to wrap up. Um, we've, I, I love what we talked about. I love you. I will say that to you man to man. I love I'm getting time mad uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> <I know. laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love you yeah. too, Albert. Thank you. Um, thank you for coming on the show. Would you like to tell people where they can find you on social media? You- oh, yeah, sure. Um, I'm not going to plug my LinkedIn like I would maybe for <laughs> some other certain events, but um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, I'm at ASL Anthony Long. And no, it is not American Sign Language. It's just my initials. Everyone always asks. Awesome. Well, thank you yeah. for so much for coming on the show. And the last thing I will say, because I gave Tony a huge hug before we did this episode, men, hug your friends. Don't dap them up. Give them a hug. If you know, like, uh, again, we, we talked about the individual choice. Uh, but yeah, you should try to, you know, hug your friends. Tell them what they mean. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Tony. And thank you guys for tuning in. I will see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Bye. Thank you so, 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 so much for tuning in this week. Please be sure to share with your friends, share with anyone who you think may enjoy this episode. And be sure to subscribe, like, and leave a review. Until next time, everyone.